everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Spotify Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Tough one. Tough one tonight. Uh, tough loss. Would love to see them bounce back for these final four games and pick up zero points in all of them. You know, you just fell behind uh, Seattle and the draft lottery odds. Now you're back a point ahead of Seattle. Of course, Seattle remains with a game in hand. So that comes in handy, and uh, they're you know, they're not playing too bad. But my God, is Montreal? It is not shocking that they're uh, that they're in last place in the East, second to last in the league. Because dear God, are they horrible? The only time they really threatened to score tonight was during Flyers power plays. It was insane, uh, and that speaks to how bad the Flyers special teams are. I mean, Jesus Christ! Uh, but it, this was. These two teams are so unbelievably bad. I heard that there were Eagles chants at the end of the game, and I really hope that these people, if they went out maybe for the Canadian trip uh, to see Toronto and then see Montreal tonight, I pray that you got to go to the the Sixers-Raptors game on, what was it, Wednesday, last night. Because if you just went out to watch this hockey team, I, just send me <laughs> just send me your money. It would be better spent. Now, I'm, I'm sure it was a fun trip. You know, you go out, to see, uh, go out to see the Leafs and everything, get to go see games in their buildings. I'm sure the atmosphere is, it's different. It's an experience, uh, whatever. But the, anyway, back to this game. It sucks that they won. It sucks that the dream is dead for the 11-game losing streak to... Uh, to end the season, uh, it, it, that's not going to happen. But, you know, they can still go out four-game losing streak after a six-game losing streak. I just – three 10-gamers is is really uh, – would have really been something. They have some winnable games coming up, which is a little scary for the draft lottery odds. But hopefully the Flyers have just given up by then. Uh, and it's not like those teams that are beatable aren't ahead of the Flyers in the standings. Chicago's dropped a lot lately. Uh, really, since the Marc Andre Fleury trade, but they've been better than the Flyers all year, and Ottawa is considerably better than the Flyers, so uh, it shouldn't be too hard to drop these last four games. All right, that's enough from me. Uh, let's hear what you all have to say. Let's lead it off with Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live. Uh, hey, Bill, how are you? How you doing tonight, Harris? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, good to see Morgan Frost score. Uh, I was very surprised that that happened. That was that's really when I was like. Montreal's the worst. You can't allow Morgan Frost. Uh, Carey Price, uh, you know, overcame whatever he overcame to get back in net this year. Good for him on a personal level. Um, if Morgan Frost scores on you as a goalie or as a team, you're not good enough. No, um, for sure. It, yeah, you would like to see them lose from a tanking perspective, but um, what – the, the important part of tonight is that JVR continues to increase his trade value. That's the important thing here. He's at 23 goals. He's now tied with Cam Atkinson for the team lead. He needs two more to get to 25 in four games. Shit, man, we could, we could be looking at 26, 27. Like, that would be huge. Someone would have to give you something if you give them a 27-goal scorer. Um, do you think that like he's just overall playing better and or are they putting him in 
like Yo putting him in better spots, giving him more ice time to like actually stab pad at the end of the year, or is management saying, Hey, we need JVR to like actually do something right now. Yeah. I'm sure there's a little bit of him just kind of wanting to stat pad and not have, you know, a 21 goal season or 19 goal season. You know, like he, he wants to actually keep the numbers up and he's playing on one of the only lines on the team consisting of NHL players. Like, you know, Someone has to score. I always call it Kyle Calder syndrome. When the Flyers traded for Kyle Calder uh, from Chicago, it was like, oh, well, look at all those goals they scored. He scored in Chicago. It was like, well, yeah, because Chicago lost every night three to one and someone had to score. Like, yes. someone's got to score. It's JVR. That's his only job is to score goals. It's a, And, like, also goal scorers are just streaky. This is who he's always been. He's going to score in bunches. He's doing it now. It's just kind of funny because he was invisible all year. Yeah. Um, and with JVR, I think we're getting to the point where they're not going to really have to give up any high-value stuff back like to a team to take him on. But I could see it now being in the way G- GM said that JVR has the second overall pedigree and was very good for a number of years. Um, that it could be a player for player trade, say like a yeah, guy yeah. who's around the same age, like Josh Bailey. I'm not sure if they would trade into division, but that's just an example. A player for player trade, maybe one other team gets a, a third or fourth round pick involved, maybe a little salary retention, but something like that now where it's like change of scenery. Um, both guys have been with the team long enough and we want to see something different. I could see something like that now happening as opposed to giving like, a second or multiple thirds to a team. Now, the Gostas Bear trade where they give up a second and ghost for literally nothing in return. Like it, at least it won't have to be that now. Um, it, it is still like 7 million against the cap is still a whole lot. So if they do get something back, hopefully it is like if they follow through with this plan, we think they're going through something useful and not just like a, a salary dump or something, but uh it, it it can't be bad that he's going to end the season with, like, 25 goals. Like, it no, can't be and, and bad why, from the losing him perspective. And, and that's why, like, trading for a Josh Bailey or a similar salary makes sense. Bailey makes 5.5. JVR is at 7. Maybe there's, like I said, a little salary retention. But, like, you're you're not downgrading the team and you're, I don't know if markedly upgrading, but it, you're – you're not just dumping JVR for nothing and, like, the automatic goal production just automatically automatically gets way worse. So that's kind of my thought process. Yeah, you and thanks a lot, Harris. And you can do something like that sounds a lot like the Atkinson um, Voracek trade. Like you're not you're not downgrading. Maybe you're just bringing in something a little different, uh, just a different guy, change of scenery, situation, whatever. Uh, but if, if they can save any money, um, man, if they just don't have to retain any salary, that would be awesome. Um, it's going to be tough. Even, you know, I've been going on and on about, oh, we need to get JVR to 25 and all this. It's still going to be tough with the cap only going up to 82 and a half. It's only going up 1 million bucks. It, moving a $7 million veteran who isn't a bona fide 30 goal scorer anymore. He's a 25, 26, 27 guy. Uh, it, it's going to be a tough sell, but hopefully it's just not a situation where you have to just lose him for nothing and give somebody something like you did with Shane Gostas. Because that sucked. Uh, it continues to suck. And we, the Flyers could really use that second-round pick. The dream is to trade JVR to Arizona for that pick back. 
Like, don't they owe us? You know, don't they owe us a little? They still finished in last. They're going to finish last place probably. They got Shane Goss to spare. They're going to get the first overall pick. Don't they owe us that second back? That would be cool. Uh, 69, Mr. 60's with us. How are you tonight, 60? Bill, can you hear me? I got you. Uh, first of all, thank you, uh, Steph, Charlie, Kelly, uh, JJ, Jonesy, Karen, and Al for really polishing this turd the entire season. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it, but um, yeah, JVR. I mean, he's on pace. Let's let's hope he gets to 27, 28, 29, 30. Do you remember? Uh, I guess it's like a couple years back. I don't know if you're a basketball person. I guess Russell Westbrook. Remember that year he was getting all the triple doubles and they're just inflating his stats. Yeah, like, like he was like if he didn't like if he had the points and not the rebounds, he'd miss a shot on purpose, grab the rebound and then put it in so he could, you know, make sure he averaged the triple double to end the season. Every single empty net situation, if I honestly if the Flyers have any for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's, I want yeah. JVR camped out on the other team's blue line waiting for a pass to put that in the net. Every single game. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that's basically that's what he does when the goalie's in there anyway. <laughs> but um, honestly, so I kind of want to touch on the uh, whole, I guess, uh, was it the trainers and whatnot? And uh, was it they, uh, the one got cancer, the other one has the blood issues or whatnot. Yeah. It's just a bad look when you have Dave Scott come out earlier this year and saying, hey, money's not an issue for this team. We have all the – we have the deepest pockets in the league, and then all of a sudden you have your fucking training staff suing you to pay for their fucking treatment or whatever. Yeah, like, and that's like – fucking horrible PR nightmare. Yeah, that's like what we tried to get into on, on the show this week a little was like it just is – even if the Flyers have zero culp- – like, and I don't know – like, I don't know. Even yeah. if they have no culpability, it looks shitty for the team – and at the end of the day, it's fucking Comcast. These guys have worked mm-hmm. for you for 20 years. Give them whatever they want. Like, you yeah. have the money. <laughs> why are, Why do they have to sue you? Like, you know, they worked They worked for the team, and the skate zone was open, and their office was where it was when Ed Snyder was alive. Like, we can't just be like, oh, well, this is Spectacore. Like, I, again, I have no idea what's going on. But – if Ed Snyder was alive, and it's pure conjecture on our part because we have no idea, it does kind of feel like he'd just go, "I got gotcha. you. Your families will be good. Your take, like you know, it, I, it's hard to. I don't like talking about it because it's one cancer. It's horrible. Yep. There's no, you know, like I said last time, zero percent approval rating. It's the worst thing ever, mm-hmm. uh, and. Like it's some people want to use this as an opportunity to be like, see, this is what's wrong with the Flyers. And like, no, man, this is so many levels above like, oh, yeah, we don't like Ian LaPere, Ian LaPerriere as, as the Phantoms coach. And we don't like the power play and all this shit. Like it, it seems cheap to talk about it in that same regard, but it does show some of what people hate about the current iteration of the franchise as a whole. Like, I, it just seems all very cold and corporate, and it, it sucks. Yeah, it really does. Bill, I'm going to go drink a beer, stare at the other side of the sun, and uh, I'll uh, – <laughs> thanks thanks again for doing these. Thanks, 60. That's – I almost didn't want to – some people did get the joke I said on the show this week. I don't believe in the moon. I just think it's the back of the sun. And it really popped Kelly and Steph and Charlie. 
but it's a joke from Scrubs, my favorite TV character of all time, the janitor. Uh, and I, I almost didn't want to put it out that it was a reference and not my own joke because it got such a laugh. But I knew somebody would get it, and somebody did. Uh, and the first person to hit me up about it on Twitter uh, won a sticker. So that was cool. <clears throat> I'm glad we could uh, make somebody's day at least. Uh, Patrick Reedmiller. Patrick, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How's it going? How are you tonight, Patrick? Well, I mean, I guess somebody had to win that game when shit meets shit, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, uh, the league really needs to, like, man, I, I guess that, you know, like, year-end tournament of the bad teams, just these scheduled games for no reason, are they're brutal. I, I know everyone has to play the same number of games and everything. It's just, like... God damn, this is absolutely pointless. And it very much like both teams in the third period were playing as if it were totally pointless. Like there was no pretending uh, that there was any sort of pride or emotion or anything in that third period. It was just like, who gives a fuck? Let's get out of here. No one wants to get hurt and I can't blame them. Yeah, I guess we're at the point where the refs are uh, checking out here. They're, (laughs) ah, fuck it. It's a hand pass. Uh, We'll let it go. I just love how the ref said, now nah, you can't challenge it. And it's like, do you not know the rule? Do you not remember there was a very specific instance of this happening in the playoffs and it was a big talking point that whole offseason and they made it? Like, everybody should know that based on that rule. Like, that's like saying in the NFL, I didn't know you could challenge if it was a catch or not. Like, this exact play is, like, it, it expanded replay review, this play. Oh, I mean, if it was if it was us, they it, it, the challenge would be accepted. But hey, it was funny though that they're just like ah fuck it, we're oh, gonna go. Who cares? It's absolutely hilarious, and it's also Montreal typical. Like, <laughs> like does does this referee not know the rules, or is he just lying? Does he have somewhere to be? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? I guess uh, one thing from this game I noticed is uh, Bobby Brink in the offensive zone. I'm starting to. Starting to see, hopefully, there's something there. He's like, something, man. He's got I'm, moves. I'm hoping. He's got that vision. He's got moves. Um, looks like he could definitely take over in a Giroux role on, on a power play. Um, yeah. he. It's considering how much bad we've seen all year, seeing a player with the least bit of creativity is going to make us all go, holy shit, he just didn't dump it? Like, he just didn't throw it blindly somewhere? And uh, No, it's it's a lot of fun to see a guy with that uh, skill set because it's so sorely missing. Yeah, it's like I'm terrified to, like, say, oh, it's good to stuff because it's like I don't want it to get jinxed or nothing like that, but hopefully it carries into the next season or something like that, you know? Yeah, and it's it's really hard to judge anything uh, because these games, like I said, are meaningless, but it's also, like, guys like him, I think you can take a little bit more out of it because this is their shot. They get to, like, this is extra ice time for them uh, to get to show what they have at a level that maybe – uh, you know, in a different situation, they wouldn't be getting to play at. So I think like with Noah Cates, Bobby Brink, Ronnie Adderd, we can take a little bit more from these games than basically everyone else who sucks. Oh, yeah, and I'll end on this, Bill. Uh, so man of the season, Heath Yandel, oh. was, played seven minutes and was still a minus two. Wait, <laughs> that can't be. I think Charlie tweeted it. <laughs> 
I got to bring up the box score now. That's some of the funniest shit I ever heard. Like, uh, they only scored three goals. But it's like, man. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm, he, he said, I'm trying not to rip on the guy, but but wow. Kelly says it's true. Keith Yandel, 701 minus two. Oh, How is it possible? God. Ronnie Adder was plus four. A week ago, it didn't look like Ronnie Adder knew how to play hockey. He's oh, he's like man. he's like the plague or something, man. I don't know. <laughs> he's so good. He's my favorite part of this season at this point. Thank you for that. Oh, Patrick. absolutely. I, was, I knew he was out there for the one. Thanks a lot. Uh, I I just like he's sitting there pretending to d a guy up, barely touching him, and just standing directly in front of Jones. And it was the man on the other side, I believe, got a stick on the the puck for a deflection right in front uh, for a goal. But it was just like, fuck, is this guy doing? What would he even do it out there? Imagine. So Travis Sanheim played almost 30 minutes tonight. Damn, 29-57. Provy, 25-57. Ronnie Adder, 16-52. Igor Zamula, 17-32. Linus Hogberg, 17-25. Keith Yandel, 7-0-1. And 53 seconds of that was on the power play. Of course, the only scoring chances Montreal had tonight were on Flyers power plays. So I just, this is incredible. I did want to bring up, I want to talk about Morgan Frost's uh, game log. So his last goal, it actually wasn't as long ago as I thought. March 29th at Minnesota, he scored a goal. Before that, December 30th at San Jose. And before that, December first at the Rangers in his that was his fourth game of the year. So December first, December thirtieth, March twenty ninth, and today, April twenty first. Holy shit! Like, I, I again, I know it's hard to judge anyone, and he's not been put in the best of situations. But Morgan Frost really just might not be very good. Uh, he might stink. Uh, and a lot of guys on this team stink. It's a shame because you want him to be good. And Jesus Christ, that 2017 draft looks like a disaster. You had two first-round picks, and they're like the two worst offensive players who've been in the organization in the last five years. Uh, that's oh. – we got anything going on in the comments? All right, Harris Barnes wants to rejoin us. Harris, you're back. Um, so I just thought of, uh, you just mentioned the 2017 draft. Um, I'm going to mention, so the Flyers, their first three picks in the, um, the draft, obviously it's Patrick, it's Frost and Radcliffe. Dallas, what they got with their first three picks in similar slots, it was Iskinen, Ottinger, Robertson. And Robertson, yeah, that's, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, those are, that's like, Dallas isn't exactly setting the world on fire. They are, they do play out West. Uh, and it's a little easier to make the playoffs, but that's a great reason four years after that draft that they are in the playoffs and the Flyers are the second or third worst team in hockey. Like, it's very – they have so little homegrown talent, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. yeah. From the Hextall years especially, like everyone on the team is a free agent or a trade or they drafted before Hextall was the GM. It's actually unbelievable. So, Bill, I looked this up on HockeyDB because I'm on that site so much. Um, 
the last time the Flyers drafted a forward who scored 60 points in multiple seasons for them. Guess who that was and when that was? Outside the first round. Forward. Outside of the first round. So 60 points, I, I look at it as like a very, very yeah. forward production because like you're, it's so rare to get that outside the first round. Damn. Uh, I have no idea. Ruslan Fedotenko? 83 Rick Tockett. <laughs> they just, they are just, and like, for so long under Bob Clark, they just like didn't draft. They, they just said, fuck it. This is like, these are, these are coins that we're going to use. Like these are tokens. Uh, but that's, that's absolutely insane. Yeah. Because so 1983. Yeah, Renberg hit um, over 60 once for the Flyers. He was on pace in the lockout shortened year in 95, but he only hit 60 with the Flyers once. Prospel and Mellenby did it uh, twice, at least twice in their career, but not for the Flyers. Not for the Flyers. So the last one um, to do it, and I think Williams did, but obviously not for the Flyers. Yeah. So the last one to do it um, was Tockett. And, and you look at um, – the uh, Lightning have had in their short history have had three: Brad Richards, Kucherov, and Point. And that's the difference. Like those guys, Richards won you a cup, and Kucherov and Point won you the last two. Yeah, and like I, I'm baffled. That's five years before I was born. That's fucking impossible. Like that doesn't seem possible just based on luck. <laughs> yeah. If I threw a basketball behind my back 50 times, it would eventually go in the in the hoop. Like, Well, it's for a lot of the 90s, especially a lot of teams decide, yeah, we're just going to draft physical defensemen outside the first round. They're just physical players. And it, like the, you look at those drafts, a lot of them are terrible. Um, like the two guys the Flyers drafted ahead of Brad Richards were physical defensemen who never became NHLers. And then Shock. more recently, it's them taking – two-way guys, or just having incredibly bad luck. Like, LaBerge was not a bad pick, but, like, he's a bad pick when DeBrink gets on the board. And LaBerge got hurt, so I can't completely blame him. Rupsoff was a terrible pick. That's in the first round. Um, Radcliffe, like, I see what they're trying to do, but Robertson's there. And, like, yeah, the Robertson, it was a skating issue. But, like, he's he's going to be multiple 35-a-season goal scorer. Like, they – the. They're not, as we talked about before, they're not drafting for goal-scoring upside. And it's killing them. It has, and it seems to have been an issue for a long time. Like, it, they're due, right? Like, this, maybe this is the one. Maybe the, the 2022 draft is the all-time great draft that just puts this, uh, puts this organization back on track. Oh, that's right. They don't have a second-round pick. Yeah, and and that's why like when you guys talk about the podcast that that picks don't matter and like in a sense it they like when you're trying to like retool or compete and you're good, yeah, they don't, but you don't want to do what Holmgren did and just give everything away and then you have no chance at getting any steals because you're not picking until the third round. Or you're you're giving up your second in twenty eleven and you there are several good players available there, like Kucherov's there. Um, I think that was like in the Carcillo trade or something, but like you, you need to be getting guys on cheap salaries. It's like the NFL. Like you look at teams who, yeah, 
they, a lot of guys they'll produce, but then they're not going to pay them after their rookie deal because then they know they can get guys on cheaper deals in the draft. Like in the NHL, even though the draft's way harder, you still need to be able to do that. And um, yeah, this team one just didn't have picks for a while, and then two, um, the it's just really bad luck or or poor thought process thought process with drafting. Yeah, and a poor thought process and uh, kind of being stuck in that Broad Street bully mentality, and thanks a lot, Harris. It's it's hurt this team for a long time. Hopefully they're able to overcome it. I'm like just looking at their draft capital this year, and it's they have their own first, no second, and their own third through seventh. Like, you know, three-thirds next year, they're going to use those, I think, two-fourths next year. Um, like – you can't do it all at once. You know, you, you can't you can't hit a five-run home run. But it's just they need to restock this cupboard so bad, and they're not going to. They're going to do the exact opposite, and the exact opposite has failed to work forever for, for this whole time. Uh, I, it's a shame what's happened to this organization. Hopefully they're able to turn it around. I'd really be happy about that. It's They don't have a second this year or next year. <laughs> That's insane. All right, guys. If we don't have this, Johnny Dyer asked, "Does Frost still have trade value?" I can't imagine any. Like, why would he? Uh, who? Maybe as part of a package. Like, oh yeah, okay. You're gonna take JVR off of our hands. We'll give you Morgan Frost instead of a third round pick or whatever. Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll take back some of your trash. Uh, but I, I just can't see why or how Morgan Frost would have any value at all. He's not good. Like, he's got four goals this year. I don't care who he's playing with. I don't care how many times he got sent up or down or wasn't put in the right So you, you should score more than four goals if you're good. I, plain and simple. I'm pretty sure Justin Braun has four or five goals, you know? All right, guys. Um, like I said at the start, I've had just a fucked up allergy day mowed the lawn and could not breathe for the rest of the day so we're going to wrap it up here if nobody else wants to jump on the line uh thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out if you haven't already you got to hit that subscribe button just search broad street hockey wherever there are podcasts and boom content 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 we're going to have you covered with all sorts of content uh you know heading into the off season obviously post games for these final four games uh you know the draft lottery is on May 10th. The first round of the draft is July 7th. Uh, free agency trades, you know, right back in the training camp and all that shit that we cover every year. So even though the season's ending, Broad Street Hockey Podcasts do not. Make sure you subscribe. And, uh, hey, maybe write us a review or two. All right, that's it for me. My name is Bill Matz. Until next time, have a great week, everybody. <laughs>